Let's let's uh, pursue that. Okay. Let's go ahead and pursue that because it's a really important point. You're saying that uh, that you're noticing that how the mind identifies with various things is how the self is created. That mm. self moves. Tell me more about that. Yeah, so even when I'm uh, I'm feeling things like uh, anger, it's not like uh, there is the the feeling of uh, of anger that arises and I hook into it. It's much more like it comes and it's like me immediately, but. Uh, since I, I changed the way of my practice and I'm more mindful day to day, uh, there's like a, a bit of an open space between uh, the reaction to the thing and the thing becoming myself. Uh, whilst instead, uh, what I would feel if it was like a, a month ago would be more, much more like a I don't know, like I would just surrender to the emotion without this perception of uh, space and identifying with it. It was it would seem much more accidental and uh, much less controllable in some ways. But still, uh, I still and I, that's the tricky part, because even with that space, I can still choose to be anger sometimes and i don't know what i would do that but it has a uh, some kind of addiction to this to these feelings of like being to a argument or a dispute dispute it's kind of strange actually if you oh, stop to think oh, about it. all right well let's go down that side um path for just a moment about anger yes it's possible for anger to allow us to feel powerful. It can be called righteous anger. That because we know we're right or because we know we have to get this visa on this passport, yeah, yeah, yeah. it's okay yeah, yeah. for us to be angry at the immigration people. Which is a really stupid thing to do. Don't get angry at immigration people simply because you desperately want them to do something for you. Mm -hmm. <laughs> All right. But that's, a, that's a, a classic old example, but it happens in, uh, in, in many ways. Um, an example, again, uh, the uh, hotel where Tam works is closed. And they had a meeting yesterday uh, of employees to tell them that we're not going to open at the time that we thought we were going to open. We're going to wait and open on December the 1st. Whereby some of the people got angry and started having a fight. Mm -hmm. Now, having a fight about it is not uh, going to... Um, I know they're desperate. I know they need jobs but they're not going to get a job at a place that's intentionally closed. And so um, the guy who made the decision is probably not in Thailand anyway. He's in France. 
person. So mm-hmm. <laughs> he gets angry at the wrong people. But this is how we feel. And we do that because we're right. And, and the right has the, not the quality of actual rightness or wrongness, because who's to say? Mm-hmm. But rather the rightness or wrongness has to do with how much I want it. Mm-hmm. That's often the case. And so people will allow themselves to get angry over silly things. And in fact, many times they get angry uh, and operate against their own best self-interest. Mm-hmm. In fact, I just gave you two examples of people doing it against their own best self-interest. So if we can recognize that if we actually let ourselves go that long in those kind of situations with strangers, then we, um, everyone actually wakes up in anger someplace, sometime. There is a waking up process and the waking up process has to do with this is not going anywhere is normally the way that it's stated. Mm-hmm. or yikes, that was a stupid thing for me to do is another way that it's stated. But generally, uh, there is a point someplace before violence where one or the other of the people who are arguing will wake up to this argument and recognize it's going nowhere or that, in fact, where it is going is even a whole lot worse than where we are now. And even when it comes to violence, two people... Somebody's got to wake up or it's going to wind up. The violence is going to be really severe and then there's going to be a whole lot of dukkha. Uh, Mm -hmm. So what we're actually doing is we're talking about a anger has the quality of spiraling downwards and downwards and downwards until we wake up. And the wake up call is to wake up to see the dukkha. Well, if that's the case, then our job should be is to wake up to it quicker and quicker because the sooner we wake up to the feeling of anger, then the less damage mm. we're going to do with it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That made perfect sense, okay? Yeah. So, yeah. the guy just before he kills his brother, he says, wait a minute, wake up, drop the knife, you don't really want to kill him, Okay. But that's kind of the last minute to wake up. Before the first shove, when somebody shoves you, instead of shoving back, you step back and say, wait a minute. I don't have to go down that path of anger. But then there's a point where most arguments are like one person says something, somebody else says yak, yak. Somebody says yak, 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 yak. And then they're just ah, like that. Eventually, somebody's got to wake up. Normally, either the husband or the wife will walk out of the room and slam the door as their final point. I've had enough of this. Or, in fact, what we're talking about is in all of these cases, the people finally see the dukkha. Now, the question is, can you see the dukkha just at that point when you go, yeah, and somebody says, yeah, yeah, and then you say, wait a minute. (laughs) Let's not go down that path, all right? Or can you wake up even a little bit quicker than that to the point of saying, 
wait a minute before you say anything at all. That you've been able to keep it inside, all right? That you don't let it out. Now, some people will say, oh, but I heard that we're not supposed to block or uh, uh, squelch emotions. The answer is, we're not doing that. We're not asking you to sit there and seethe with anger and not operate on it. We're asking you to calm down and come out of your anger. That in fact, it wasn't even big enough now for you to even say anything yet. So it must not be all of that big. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and so you can take a deep breath and you say, wow, well, I'm glad I didn't say anything. I'm, I'm <laughs> let me settle down. Now, normally what happens with that anger is, is that something triggered it. And that whatever it was that triggered it, we had the feeling, I don't like it. And our ignorance goes right down to that point, that if we are wise at the point of contact, so that when the feeling of I don't like it arises, we can deal with it at a subtle feeling level. You don't have to wait until all of that grasping and clinging and fighting goes on before you mm -hmm. wake up. Mm -hmm. You can wake up and hmm, I don't like that. What am I going to do about it? And so we start wisdom right away. We start investigation. We start analyzing what's going on. Yeah. We start to say, hmm, is that anger inside? Let me take a deep breath. I don't particularly like to feel anger, nor do I particularly like to have uh, angry thoughts. So let's cool off, let's settle down, and then eventually we get to the point our wisdom is sharp enough that we can say, aha, angry thoughts and feelings five seconds ahead. Danger, danger, Will Robinson, five seconds ahead, stand out of the way, don't go there. Yeah. And so now we've got real control over the feelings because we know that that something is going in the direction that I don't like it. Mm -hmm. and so I can change that. that. We have control over our mind as soon, at that point where we catch it. This is all about the, uh, why the Buddha talked about Paticca Samuppada, is that this is the way the mind works. And I've actually been, uh, when I say at the point of contact, the word contact in Pali is pasa, and this is actually step six of a 12-step program. <laughs> mm -hmm. And then step seven is Vedana, or the feeling of, I don't like it. Before the tanha comes, which means I really got to do something about this. And then the upadana, which is yak, 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 I'm in it. I am mm -hmm. now in hell. I am now it's, in hell. So how can I get myself out of hell? How can I come back? How? In fact, the question is, these things that happen very quickly in the mind, you'll be in hell mm -hmm, for a long time mm -hmm. until you wake up. And in fact, there's many levels of hell. There's the level of hell of the first yak-yak, the second yak-yak, the fist being up, all of those various levels of the hell that we can fall mm -hmm. into with our anger. Hopefully somewhere along the line, we're going to wake up question is, can you wake up before you go into that hell state? Yeah. That's what the practice is really all about, because that hell state is just one of the four modes of clinging, 
that come from learning to see the way we feel. This is what why investigation is so all important, is we begin to investigate to see how the mind works. Yeah, it seems to me like uh, the thing I was saying about uh, being identified with the distracted self, it happens too with anger, but in uh, a different degree because it's more nuanced. It's not like uh, the anger state or the peaceful state. It's like a, uh, a series of steps. And uh, when you think you're not angry, you are choosing to be angry. You're uh, already in some degree of anger, but that's not perceived as anger. But if I could just like... Uh, it's at the level it. of not liking. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And that was ha what happened to me today. I was in the level of not liking it, and it's uh, a couple steps of finger already. Okay. All right. But at that point in time, when you saw it, that you saw, number one, that you could go into a state of anger that was not where you wanted to be. Mm-hmm. Okay. So you could see that you were headed into hell or headed into dukkha. And yeah, you could I could, also I could see, see it. That, that the anger was uh, growing. Yeah. And, and, and in fact, as the anger grows, the anger drags you as the conceptualized you into that hell state. Mm -hmm. Okay, so it winds up being you, not the anger, that suffers. Yeah. Yeah, that's an important point, is, is yeah. that whatever feeling state that we get will grab us and take us into some woeful state until we wake up. Yeah. And if we wake up any step along the way that we wake up, the, the quicker the better. The less suffering, the less likely we are going to wind up in a hell state. But you're pointing out something that is really, really an amazing thing for people to understand. And so I'm congratulating for you to figure out that yourself is not fixed. It jumps around. Yeah. And jumps onto anything that it can in the moment to create a self. Yeah. But that that self is that which suffers. So long as we remain selfless, there is nothing to suffer. Mm -hmm. I think it's, uh, I, I'm feeling like I'm, I'm being in the middle of a knot because I'm just entangled in some like uh, contrasting uh, viewpoints and I quite don't know what to make of it. Like, um, because it, it's so strange that uh, perception of like, uh, First, we have a, a instinctual feeling that you don't like reflect upon it, but then you, oh, okay, uh, actually I'm identifying with anger, but now you just gave me an example that would be like, uh, it's you that suffers, not anger. But I was just thinking like a couple minutes ago in the beginning of the call that actually, uh -huh. uh, I, I was uh, so identified with anger that it's actually me 
at least for that uh, that slice of time. Um, but now you're phrasing it like it's uh, uh, separate things, uh, anger, and there is a me that's not anger. But how could be a me if the me is like uh, attached to any emotion? It has not an independent view. How can I right. speak about a me? Well, um, let us say that if you're not attaching anything to anything and identifying that self with anything, it has it's very light, airy fairy. It has no attachments. It's it's got no baggage. It's got no pockets full of gold. It's got no. It's got empty pockets. The mm -hmm. self is empty. The only thing that can <laughs> now you're getting it. Okay. <laughs> yeah, uh, I see that. And so we get our identity through clinging to something. And so we say, I am angry, which is basically saying I have become anger or I have just been born as anger. Okay. The that's the wheel, right? Mm hmm. That's the wheel. The wheel of rebirth. Okay. Mm hmm. I so see. I am born every time the anger comes up. And it's the I then that suffers. It's the I that goes to hell. This is why the Buddha is quite specific about uh, his understanding of rebirth into one of the woeful states. But he doesn't talk about the way the Hindus do of rebirth as a human being because that's your normal state. Mm -hmm. But you can be reborn as a draft animal. And the quality mm -hmm. of the draft animal is that we do what we're told to do and we don't like it. The whole society is built upon that. It's built upon the herding instinct. It's dangerous to buck the crowd. Okay. Until we get angry and then we're righteous and then we can go buck the crowd. There's that mechanism in there. So um, this herding instinct is um, also is called the nesting instinct and it, it has the quality that someone is in charge and that someone may be the daddy of the house it may be the biggest monkey in this uh, 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 leaf gathering nest that they built in the trees it may be the top wolf in the uh, the pack that's in the den okay or it may be a president or it may be an almighty God somewhere or another. All right? But there's always some authority figure and that we, everybody else in the nest, is subject to the rules of the nest, whatever they are. And in our general society, there are rules of general society. One of the rules of general society is don't run around in public naked. Pretty soon, you're going to have a general rule like that is don't run around in public without a face mask. But that, 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 that meme hasn't caught on quite so much yet. There's still a whole lot of rebel rebels against it. But we more or less all go along with going around without clothing is a taboo and punishable. 
So mm-hmm. we don't go out without clothes on. That's about the only time I ever wear clothes is when I go out. <laughs> and I don't go out but once a month at best. <laughs> so um, this whole quality of who we are is identified as the characteristics of the things that the self will attach to. And there's four modes of clinging. Okay, so there's four ways that the self can be created through attachment. One of them is by um, uh, attaching to rites, rules, and rituals. This is the second fetter, is to understand that um, basically the understanding is society doesn't work enough well enough to make us happy. It works well enough to function in, but all the rest is up to each individual one. Mm-hmm. And that more or less, society is broken. And we have to learn to live our lives in a way that's not broken. Mm-hmm. So that's the nesting instinct. And then there is the uh, thicket of views, uh, the underlying tendency that we normally associate with territory in the sense of what is my territory. Am I a Democrat? Am I a Republican? Am I a Saudi? Am I a Jew? <laughs> am I uh, an Italian? Uh, am I a boy, a girl? All of these various identifications that we have is how we build up a concept of self. Mm-hmm. And when we don't identify with anything, then it's really hard to build a concept of, of what's worth clinging to. Now, the whole point that we begin to understand is just like rites, rules, and rituals that uh, operate in a broken society, we have um, organizations that we join and associate with that have their ups and downs, and that if we identify with that organization, then when it has enough, we go up, and when the uh, association goes down, we go down, which means that now our life is going to go up and down depending upon what the Democrats go up and down. or I'm a Christian, so up and down, depending upon Christianity, up and down. Mm. Or if I'm Islam, then how Islam is doing up and down, then I'm, I'm up and down. But the, the point is, is that no, you've got your own mind. You do not have to identify with anything that causes you any feelings at all. You can create the feelings you want to have. You want to mm-hmm. identify with something, identify with noble, identify with high quality. Identify with, I'm a lion. That's what we want to identify with. It's something that's uh, 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 part of the noble right attitude. So this whole idea of identity is a primary issue with, within Buddhism uh, that is fairly well understood by those who know that people who believe in a permanent self that's the very first fetter that's going to keep them stuck in the place that they are ere they become meditators. Why? Because they're always looking for their meditation to yield results that satisfy the self. Mm-hmm. And so they don't, they don't come to the place of recognizing that, wait a minute, trying to satisfy the self is uh, <laughs> not going to work. We have to bring satisfaction directly because self and satisfaction don't don't work together together very mm-hmm. well. Mm-hmm. 
that in fact uh, the self is is the quality of dukkha, and yeah. that the, the the underlying quality of that is is that it comes from the instinct of the self preservation, self preservation instinct is what gives us um, all of the underpinnings for the uh, delusion that there is a self there because of the alarm system for the preservation of the um, operating system. And what I mean by that, the organism, the whole organism is what the, the preservation instinct is trying to do. But because of language and because of uh, uh, idiot uh, conceptual ideas that we've gotten from way deep in our past, that it's not uh, just merely an organism that is sitting here, but that it's a me that's sitting here. Where in fact, there's really no me, there's just an organism that's operating. Mm -hmm. And if we can take it like that, then that means that really there's, there's no self or the self, whatever the self is, is, is uh, almost empty and non-existent until it attaches to something. Yeah. Okay, and then the self becomes that which we're attached to, including the possibility of anger, or frustration, or sadness, or fear. But for practice, for practicality reasons, before we have finished giving up the self, it's actually a good idea to mobilize the self to your advantage. Mm. Okay, like I am a lion, or I can do this. That kind of verbal I is all right to use in that sense of the identification. It's almost like the concept of a thorn that removes the thorn, or uh, an effort that leads to the end of effort, or the action that leads to the end of action. In fact, in the, in the sutras, it's comma that leads to the end of comma, the actions. Mm -hmm. Okay, so this is how we, we work with it in the sense of the eye also. There can be an eye that is developed that becomes the thorn that removes the thorn of the instinctual eye. Mm -hmm. Because this kind of eye is, is, has, is based in wisdom, is based in understanding, is altruistic, and is out to do no harm. To where the old eye, its primary goal was self-preservation, to stay alive. That's why it would attach to this, that, and the other thing, is to create its existence. Mm -hmm. But then eventually that whole concept of, of an eye, as wholesome and healthy as we make one, we recognize that's also empty. Mm -hmm. So we can, you can use it like that. That, 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 that all of the eyes, me's, and minds are, nothing is really worth uh, attaching to as I, me, or mine. But we can start developing the skills of these wholesome states by starting to say, I'm smart, I can do this. I can remember, I can wake up. Yeah. I do not have to suffer. And so this is actually an, uh, an amazing point that you're talking about on the path is you're beginning to wake up to this self that, 
that also jumps around just like a monkey mind. And now it's a monkey self in the sense that it just jumps from yeah. one identification to the, to the next. Just by the turn of the newspaper, I can read a Christian article and I am Christian. And now I turn the page and Democrat article and now yeah. I'm a Democrat. Okay. And yeah. we just change our identities. And when I'm reading that, whatever bad happened to the Democrats, I feel bad too. Because mm -hmm. I am a Democrat. And so that's one of the ways that we understand we don't need to attach to that society because, in fact, the, the news or the media is designed specifically to make money, not to present the news. Mm -hmm. And in that regard, they talk about fear and unbalance, but really what really is going on is what bleeds leads. In other words, we're trying to get your attention. We want them, you guys, to watch us so we can be more popular and make more money. Right? Mm -hmm. So that, And when you understand that concept, then you can always filter out everything you hear them say is, mm, that needs to be checked by another source. Mm -hmm. So don't take yeah, anybody's sure. word for anything. Mm -hmm. But if you identify with that particular channel or the particular party that you're talking about, then you'll just grab it and own it without investigating it. Yeah. And so the best thing to do is don't take any beliefs on just because you heard it on the media. This also is uh, one of the cautions that the Buddha has in that very famous sutta, the Kalama Sutta. The sutta to the Kalamas, because they were asking, who do I believe? And he mm. says, don't believe any of them without an investigation, without inspecting. Mm -hmm. Don't believe the media, don't believe the religions, don't believe the books, don't believe uh, uh, hearsay, <laughs> don't believe social media for sure. <laughs> mm -hmm. yeah. uh, and don't believe uh, uh, traditions, or just because everybody else thinks so, or because some preacher or priest or rabbi or guru or dhamma teacher says so. No, don't take anything without a full-on investigation with it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And and so when we recognize that, oh, that's how we're supposed to deal with both the outside and the inside world, that means that we can clean up these two major fetters, that fetter of personality view. We begin to recognize I am not who I thought I was. I thought I was my personality. And what is my personality? is a collection of views, viewpoints, ideas, as well as uh, physical attachment to the body and the feelings and whatnot like that. But that's basically the whole show. Yeah. And we are not that. Because I'm not the body. I can't make the body young. You can't make your body old. Mm -hmm. You can't turn yourself into a dog. We're not changelings. The body, we don't have the control over it that we want. Mm -hmm. Therefore, the body not self. We don't have control over our feelings either. The feelings control us. In fact, the mind or the, the self attaches to the feeling. So the feeling is completely out of control. So how can anybody say that I'm I am my feelings? They, they, that's true. But they're, they've got it on backwards. It's not that you're in control of the feelings. It's that the feelings own you now. That you are the feelings. But the feelings really the better way of saying is the feelings are you. Yeah. 
So when we see that that's the case, we can recognize I am not any of those things. I am not the body. I am not the feelings. I am not my old memory systems. I, in fact, am not my personality. Because I can change my viewpoint about anything. And that can change the whole personality. You'd be amazed at how, how important that quality of attitude is. There is a, a series of things like popping up in my mind right now. Um, for instance, okay, I can like uh, be devoided of all of this stuff, but at the very least, I seem attached to this point in both space and time. If I inquire any further, I can still like see a sense of like space. I'm here now. And in this particular time, even if I'm devoid of like uh, emotions and stuff, there is still it, and I, I don't see a way I can't, like, <laughs> then I... Well, that's the normal operation of the organism that has mm -hmm. that sense of unity. Mm -hmm. Okay, so you could think of it like, like this, that the Buddha talks about having a uni unification of mind. When all of the skills come together with the enlightenment factors, then the mind becomes unified or stable. And there is a sense of self there, but the, the wisdom and the knowledge is, is that we recognize that that's merely a sense of a self, not a real self. That most people make the mistake of... Uh, uh, of, of <clears throat> the sense of self, they mistake it as a self. But the sense of self is merely just a sensory system out of the um, instinctual. Uh, and that this self, when we're not attached to anything, becomes very, very light. As we were talking about earlier, just empty. Because basically, we're not looking at that self anymore. Basically, what we're doing is we're using our sensual awareness as our input. So the, the sensory awareness can be of the body, especially the body, the proprioceptive, knowing the positions of the body, knowing what the hands are doing, knowing what uh, uh, the air around us, knowing each breath. So staying with the body and being here now, the body now becomes the portal to the here now. Yeah. And so we open up all the senses. And, and we are now in sensory awareness as opposed to mental awareness. We've come out of the manufactured thoughts into the reality of the situation. This is basically the practice of Anapanasati is to come okay. out of uh, the senses of self, which we would call the hindrances, so that we can become free from those hindrances and we can relax. That's one word we can use. Or we can brighten the mind. That's another way of saying the same thing. 
And we feel good about what we're doing, knowing that we have just cleaned out the mind and that we can think the thoughts that we want to think, rather than mm -hmm. thinking the thoughts that come up and grab us. Mm -hmm. And so in a way, the frontal cortex is taking over control. And the first thing that we learn to control is the breath. By learning to take a long, deep breath, we're learning to control the breath. And that actually, they have done uh, experiments with this through MRIs um, and, and giving people the instruction to watch their breathing. And the frontal cortex is right where I'm pointing here. They light up. Mm. They they uh, watching the breath in the sense of not uh, just monotone or going along half watching it and letting it be at a normal rate, but actually taking control of the breath really activates the mind. Mm -hmm. And by activating the mind, that that shows that um, we can do that wake up process. That waking up, in fact, it, the waking up now when your breathing is done correctly, every in-breath is a point of waking up to know that we're taking a deep in-breath. And we're going yeah. to make sure that this breath is a deep in-breath. And that mm -hmm. the next breath is, uh, uh, is going to be uh, known to be an, a deep out-breath. And mm -hmm. then the next one is a deep in-breath. So every cycle of an in-breath, of an out-breath, we have two points of sati which means two points of lighting up the mind, getting it awake, mm -hmm. as well as the fact that the oxygen itself in the air gets its way into the mind to wake it up. Yeah. Okay, so uh, this kind of breathing then is a, a major part of Anapanasati, is to help us to get awake. The body can become tingly alive. We feel really good as opposed to tired or drowsy. We feel really fully awake. I can get awake like this. I can wake up, taking deep breaths, become fully awake, and then I enjoy the fact that I just got myself fully awake. Mm -hmm. mm, yeah, and that we do this through investigation. Look at what we're doing. Yeah. See what the mind is doing so that we can uh, investigate so that, oh, I can take a deep breath. I can come out of that state and come into a, uh, a state that's more wholesome. Yeah. There is a sense of deep satisfaction in, like, in the investigation itself. It's, like, very, I don't know, compelling to keep on this track. And at the same time, uh, uh, it keeps open, opening up, like I was just thinking that uh, uh, when I, I uh, talked about like a space and spatiality, uh -huh. that uh, in the same time when I'm feeling myself, even though I'm not under the immediate domain of any emotion, I can still feel uh, dots of emotions uh, in my body, like uh, I was like uh, doing the mindful breathing today, and I was like aware that uh, there was a point in my gut that was like uh, charged with a specific kind of emotion. It was like 
a kind of uh, mixed up with uh, nost nostalgia and like uh, a bit of sadness, uh, but it was in a specific point of my body. It was not that emotion that becomes you. And there is still this separation and I wonder why a tiny, tiny piece of a self or something like it can appear in the body. Well, this is... I don't know if I made myself clear. Yes, you did. And in fact, what you're, what you're saying again is, is that you're beginning to notice things early in the mm. process rather than them taking over mm. as they grow. But watching it and beginning to feel just a little needle, just a little sensation, just a, enough of recognizing that I feel in a state of dissatisfaction. Mm -hmm. That's that kind of feeling is exactly what we need to do with our investigation is to find those feelings and then basically kind of breathe into them with the attitude of out you go. I can I can do without you. I can breathe you out. Mm -hmm. I don't need to feel that kind of level of dissatisfaction. Let's get down to that level and throw that dissatisfaction out so I can really, really relax. Mm hmm. It's like, um, have you ever heard of the story of the princess and the pea? Mm -hmm. When she was lying down on the bed and there was a little, yeah. A little, yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, the, the, the story is, is she, is she princess enough and that if she uh, has trouble because there's a pea under her bed, then that means that she's sensitive to be a, a, a princess enough. Mm -hmm. And then her friends go and put a whole bunch of junk in her bed so that she really does have a bad night. And But the old queen says, okay, she'll do because she had a pee under her bed. This is the kind of level that we're going to. Is okay. that we've already gotten kind of the junk out of the mind for right now, but now we're beginning to see these peas as they arise. Yeah. The little things. Yeah. The tiny little stuff that is, in fact, only tiny because we caught it at that level. Because this stuff tends to multiply and to grow, sometimes very quickly and sometimes over a, a slower period of time, depending upon how much confusion and doubt there is. But you're getting good. You're picking it up at very, very early. Aha, I got you too. And so you can take a deep breath and come back to a state of satisfaction. Mm -hmm. And also a smile saying, aha, I got that one too. I know mm -hmm. what to look for next time. <laughs> and so that's that quality yeah. of the satisfaction that comes with success of, hey, we're getting someplace now. Yeah. I wonder if I could like uh, make a uh, a trade that would be uh, equally as beneficial uh, if I like pick uh, the satisfaction for the invest investigation itself instead of the disgladdening. But you have more time for both within every breath. Yeah. Sometimes you can do them a bit mixed together. Mm hmm.
so that one's not quite finished before the first, the next one arises. Yeah. Okay. But yes, the answer is yes. There will be moments of time to do one and the other, to really, really look. And then when you found something, to be really satisfied with it. But never mind, you go back looking again. Almost like fishing. You know, the fisherman, boy, he's excited when he catches that fish and he's hopping ready to get that fish heck, get that fish off the hook so he can get the fish hook back in the water again. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So, reeling that fish in or getting the mind cleaned out. Yeah. That's very satisfying. Okay. Yeah. So at okay. this level, finding that little minnow that you caught Know that mm -hmm. if, if you leave it there, it's going to grow into a whale, but you caught it as a minnow. Be really happy that now you're down to catching these minnows. Mm -hmm. Because they're going to grow. They're like but seeds it, of suffering. Mm -hmm, the seeds of suffering, precisely. Yeah. And as you catch them, and, and you can take great joy in the fact that now you're catching really subtle things. At the same time, uh, I think there must be seeds of satisfaction too. Yes. And I can enhance this. Pardon? Okay. I can enhance the seeds of satisfaction. I don't don't quite under, understand the question. Can you rephrase it? You use the word haste. No, no, in haste. Inhale. Enhance, like to, to support the growing of the seeds of satisfaction. So like uh, if it was like a seed, I would like water it and, you know. Yes, exactly. Uh-huh. Care for it. Precisely. Okay. Develop okay. it. That development is exactly what we're talking about. The seed, the, the skill to be developed. That in fact, mm -hmm. you've already been developing some of those skills or you wouldn't be able to see those little subtle things as they as they're occurring. Mm -hmm. So these things work together. Okay. That you investigate and then you find it and throw it out and then you feel satisfaction. Then you mm -hmm. go back on guard to make sure that the thoughts that you have and the, um, uh, the feelings that you have are up to your standards now. Mm -hmm. As you're creating your higher and higher standards, you're not going to allow what used to get by is really heavy dukkha and you'd put up with it. Now you're getting to the point of you no, know, even the peddling stuff out. Mm -hmm. And so this is dis discrimination or discernment at the level of what's wholesome, what's not wholesome. Mm hmm. So continue to practice. That's exactly okay. what you're doing is, is correct. And you're beginning to uh, understand the, the, the reality of the decoupling from your identity of who you thought you were. Because you're not who you thought you were. Mm -hmm. Now we're going to have to figure out something. But meanwhile, there's really not a lot to figure out, but there's some things to do. Mm -hmm. <laughs> okay. Okay, 
the Buddha Thank talks you. about it in this way is instead of dealing with the past of what did I do in the past and what happened then there or who will I be in the future and what will there be for me and what will I do then these are things that are not worthy of our attention but we could all he also says right then and there the surprising one who I am and what I am now is also not worthy of our attention what is worthy of our attention is to see the dukkha this is dukkha to see this is the cause of it all is that I'm identifying with things mm -hmm. but really I don't have to suffer at all I can just sit here and be happy mm -hmm. or let us say that there is <laughs> while sitting here there is happy and there's no reference to me in there. It's just the happiness. I see. I see. Just the joy of the moment. I see. All right. Well, you continue to practice. You're making good progress. We'll see you in a few days. Okay. Thank you. Pleased to meet you. Bye bye. Okay. Have a nice bye -bye, day. Bye bye, Arthur. Namas night doy. Okay.